Welcome to Let's Talk Ball. I'm Thad Brown along with Carl Jones talking about the X's and the O's, watching the All-22 from the Bills and the Eagles. There's a lot to talk about in this game because there were 156 snaps. The Bills ran 91 plays in this game. I needed a nap after watching just the Bills on offense in this one. But let's start with the Bills on offense, Carl. Um, number one, I walked away from the game Sunday night thinking Josh Allen might have played his best game ever. And while I don't think he quite lived up to that hype, his game was unreal. Man, I mean, I think the stat that kind of encompasses his performance is 22 first downs. I mean, by himself, by himself. Mm -hmm. Like that is absurd when you think about all the guys on the Eagles defensive side of the ball, um, the elements which you were in and Lord have mercy be so happy that you're dry. Okay, cool. Uh, Checking. Though, to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. But regardless, uh, he was now obviously with all those snaps, right? You're going to have blunders. And I thought that the miscommunications that you that obviously the one at the end of the game, the ones won the Sherfield right before half. I think that was Sherfield's fault. But regardless, you're going to have bad snaps with all those um, situations for him. So all in all, the Eagles had no answer for him. And unfortunately, the clock ran out. Yeah. And I liked a lot of what Josh Allen did in terms of being able to create out of structure. I mean, there were so many plays where I think I counted the Bills converted 11 third downs between 6 and 13 yards. So long, but not like ridiculously long, like convertible long. And, and of those seven, I think the majority of them were Josh out of structure, either scrambling to create a throw or just flat scrambling and, and, and picking up the, the first down with his legs. And to be able to carry an offense on your back that much in that kind of game, in that weather, and it rained the whole game. I was, I can't tell you how many times I stood on that sideline and just watched a place kick operation and thought, how are these guys doing this? The idea, I'm gonna catch a snap, put it down, dude's gonna kick it in like a second and change. And that was just for kicking. Forget about like, I'm gonna drop back and thread a ball between five guys like he did to the Stefan Diggs for the touchdown. So yeah, the, the elements were certainly an issue that Josh Allen played through. Um, you know, the, the thing that kind of backed me off from best game ever is he played so much out of structure, there were a few times I wish he had played in structure. Like, the Stephon Diggs touchdown is an incredible throw through three guys, but Khalil Shakir is strolling <laughs> in front of Diggs for an easy first. It's just like, the, he's sitting, just the, put the ball to him, and it's an easy first down. You could run it in with somebody else later instead of trying to jam it ball into that small window. So there, there were a few of those to where, you know, I, it almost felt like Josh got so used to making stuff up on his own. He just did that. And, you know, we, we can get into this. Let's do this right now. The last play on offense, which is Josh and Gabe Davis, you know, people have been asking who's at fault, you know, who, whose issue was it. Joe Brady, give him credit. He put the blame on himself. That's what you're supposed to do as an offensive coordinator. And to a degree, you know, when the quarterback and receiver are not on the same page, it is your fault as a coordinator. But give me your read on that play. Um, about what happened and who probably made the wrong decision. I want to preface it by saying every team runs things differently, and that's from every level of football. Having said that, though, I believe that from my vantage point that Josh was in the wrong. And on that play right there, you've seen it on social media a lot. We'll, we'll put the pictures in this clip right here. It's basically an all-out pressure from the Eagles where they're basically saying, we're going to send more than, we, than you can block. Having, and then the Bills do a concept where it's kind of like an in and out, right? where Stephon Diggs kind of goes to the flat a little bit from his slot position, and then Gabe Davis comes in from his outside receiver spot. And every single time from my cornerback's uh, position where that route concept has happened, the Gabe, Gabe Davis goes to the corner. Like, the, the receiver has never tried to run through me, which that would have been 
Darius Slay in that. If situation. you're the inside if defensive I'm back, the inside yeah. uh, defensive back, which would be Darius Slay. So, in my opinion, I think that was Josh Allen kind of freestyling a little bit because I don't know why he would ever throw that route. Like I don't know why he would ever throw it straight ahead. Like that's either a corner or a post, and the post wasn't there because the Eagles switched to the defenders. So it's unfortunate that it happened in that uh, situation because if it happened earlier in the game, we probably don't ever bring it up. Mm -hmm. But Man, I think we probably bring it up. Because yeah, well, they were some other mysteries, right, like the right. Shurfield one, which I don't think is talked about at all after the horse college situation. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah. But go finish your thought on, on Gabe. But I, I tend to think Gabe was in the right there. Josh, once you get out of, out of structure, kind of freestyling a little bit. And I get it, cover zero, people in your face. I know I would have made the wrong read, but that's what he gets paid money to do. Right, right, right. And it, look, I, I asked Gabe Davis after the game, I'm like, should it be simple that two human beings read a complex defense the same way in the heat of battle, in a clutch spot at the end of the game, Josh Allen with, you know, the entire world raining down upon him. And Gabe's like, yeah, it should be that simple. So, like you said, this is what they get paid to do. But to kind of sum up what you were saying, you know, people are talking about should Gabe have run A or B. And from your point of view, though, it almost looks like Josh Allen's throwing C. He's throwing something totally different. Yeah, I mean, it's either the corner or the post. Because if the Eagles didn't switch, like their responsibility switched their man, then Gabe's running away from the corner on, on the, the outside, on the outside, which would be a post or skinnier post. It wouldn't be across the field, but it'd be a skinny post. Josh Cotto was like a straight seam ball. So I, once again, is he freestyling there? I don't know. I mean, he did have some, a couple other throws in the game where he just missed and it was off target. Maybe that was that mm -hmm. one. But regardless, can't have that in that situation. And you know, again, going back to Josh Allen's game, the Bills again ran 91 plays. There were almost 60 dropbacks. Allen's going to miss a few, but that one there. You know, maybe it was just a, a misfire, but it seems like Gabe Davis was doing the right thing and Josh Allen somehow did not do the right thing. Give me your Trent Sherfield read, too. I didn't want to hit on that one, but I it did stand out to me. This is the third and 16 play where Sherfield, uh, I think he was the number two, and it did seem like he had space to go inside his defensive back, and the safety was nowhere close, and Josh put a rocket that, if Sherfield's there, is a touchdown. Like, once again, reading leverages, and, it's, and receivers and quarterbacks, they aren't just running routes like on the fly, they reading options off of the, the defense, uh, defensive players, excuse me. And on that play right there, the DB was like, you're not going outside of me. And he was widening the release. And Sherfield was trying his darnest to get outside yeah. of him. The only reason you would ever try to mandatory outside a guy if something's coming outside and forcing, there's a reason for it. There was no reason for Sherfield to go outside of the guy there. For the life of me, I watched the play like five times. I'm like, why are you so hell-bent on, on getting outside? The, the of one him? thing I saw, and, and like there wasn't really a great angle on it from behind the play, and from the overhead, it did feel like that the defensive back, I didn't think he was playing outside leverage. I thought he, he played him head up, mm -hmm. and then when he saw Sherfield start to lean inside, he kind of tried to take the inside away. You know, maybe, maybe thinking that he didn't have as much help there as you would need in that spot. But I agree with you. I don't know why Sherfield is trying to get outside because there's no – there's nowhere to go outside to where you're making a play. But if he does get inside. That's six. That's six, yeah. And, and no one's talking about the horse collar. Exactly. <laughs> On third and 16. You know, it would have been an incredible play, you know, to flip that around. Now, they, did, they ended up, you know, basically they missed the field goal, recover a fumble, and goal score a touchdown anyway. So maybe it all didn't matter. But, you know, two miscommunications near the goal line that hurt the Bills. Um, all right, beyond that, um, offensive line quick. Just to, I don't know if we got on that already, but um, I thought they played – pretty darn well in this game, um, especially considering the caliber of defensive tackle against them. Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and they look good. They made a ton of plays. You, it wasn't like they had an off day. They played really well, but there were multiple times where I thought um, both 
Connor McGovern and Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown and Osiris Torrance handled twists pretty well where the defensive players, the Eagles stunted and they stayed with it exceptionally well. Yeah, they all they missed a few. But again, 60 dropbacks that was bound to happen. I only had the Bills with 16 pressures allowed. And some of those, you know, I had one on Gabe Davis because he was in a bad spot trying to pull over to catch a blitzer. Um, there was one on, on uh, uh, James Cook, you know, just because those things happen. You know, and I thought Cook actually had a decent game picking up blitzes. Didn't have many, but he did all right. By and large, the pass protection was pretty good. Going into this game, I was like, how many times is Josh Allen going to be able to step up, especially with those D tackles in front of him? I'm like, Hassan Reddick is going to get his, right? And he did make an impact at times forcing Josh to step up. But if he wasn't able to, it would have been a long day. And he, for the most part, he was able to be like, all right, I can step up a little bit in mm -hmm. this pocket, which is a, speaks a lot to how that interior three played in terms of pass pro against, I don't know about a future Hall of Famer, but certainly a, a perennial all-pro in Fletcher Cox back in his day, and then two young D-tackles who are going to take this NFL by storm. The, the play that stands out to me was the third down, I think it was second quarter, where both edge guys won, you know, around the outside. But Josh casually stepped up, and on the field, and I don't remember – Give me your reaction, how you watch it on TV. But on the field, it looked like Josh was in the midst of all kinds of chaos. But really, he stepped up, had room, and yeah, there were guys close to him, but no one was really there, and was able to find Diggs on, um, was it an in and out, kind of a, almost a, a half sail route, yeah. where, where Diggs toasted the guy who was ever covering him, I think it was Bradbury. And, and Allen was able to make what was, at the end of the day, a pretty comfortable throw even though there's a lot of junk going on around him. On TV, it looked like he was in mayhem. Yes. Like, I don't know how Looks he got way on the field. Yeah. I don't know how he got that off, but that's a, a, once a, a kudos to the offensive line for, you know, it was a pressure, and they, for the most part, held off for as long as they could, and then also Josh Allen being 6'6", 240 yes. pounds, and just being strong enough to just say, Hassan Reddick, excuse me, I got a pass to make. Quick thoughts for me uh, from the offense. Connor McGovern was terrible blocking the run. I mean, he's been really good all year. This was not that game. You know, and look, the, the knock on him has been he's not a great – run blocker. He had trouble getting to the second level. The Eagles linebackers really gave both guards fits all day. Osiris Torrance had another eh game, but McGovern was the one that stood out. I can't tell you how many times I marked down McGovern bad block. McGovern missed this. McGovern didn't get to that. So uh, that was an issue in the run game. You know, again, pass protection was fine. Um, beyond that, anything else with you offensively? Nah, Josh Allen was really good and for going backwards as much as they had to, the offensive line, they held up. I don't think we talked about Joe Brady enough, though. Let, let's get a little more Brady in, you know. Yeah. I, I like the fact that it seems like he has a good feel for calling a game. I like that he went with the run on the go-ahead touchdown drive at the end of the regulation. Now, I, I thought about this a couple times. If I had told you in a vacuum the Bills absolutely needed a score in the fourth quarter and the first five snaps were run plays, you would have thought, hey, how are they? Would they get a penalty or something? But why are they taking the ball out of Josh Allen so much? But it was working. And they had adjusted from what their run scheme had been previously, which was primarily relying on Deion Dawkins-led pulls. They decided to run it straight at the Eagles and were having success. It was different. You could tell that there was a, a, a it was something the Eagles were not familiar with. And I like the fact that Brady stuck with it. There were multiple adjustments that were made. You know, when, and give the Eagles credit, that lead run with Deion Dawkins, they were ready for it, and they destroyed it left and right. But late in the game, they went with a Mitch Morse pull, which I don't know if it was a direct adjustment, but it felt that way. There's been a route that Gabe Davis has run on third and over 10 a lot this year, where he goes about 16-yard stops and turns around. Well, in this game, he ran a stop and go that was wide open for six, and Josh Allen didn't have a chance to, to make the play because of a little bit of pressure. But I'm seeing adjustments. I'm seeing improvements. And although there was some, like I said, on top of each other kind of plays, 
I like the fact that, that Brady is showing an ability to adjust during the game. Especially in those inside runs. They had Fletcher Cox early on, and he left the game, I believe, somewhere in the second quarter because of the groin. That forced Jordan Davis, who is a behemoth, by the way, but he's not used to playing that many snaps. All the Eagles beat writers are saying that's the most snaps he's played in his career in the NFL. The same way in college, too. He didn't play a lot of snaps in college. So by the fourth quarter, that big boy, he like, oh, Lordy, have mercy. I got <laughs> to do this again. I got to do this again. On that go-ahead touchdown drive, it did look like both the tackles were kind of like, we need a break. And, and once you lose Fletcher Cox, I think they lost another D lineman as well. Those guys weren't as fresh as they were in that first quarter. So I know in the first quarter, they couldn't run it up the middle. Like, they were stopping it. By that time, they were like, can we get a break, please? Yeah, right, and, right, and right. They couldn't. So shout out to Joe Brady for, for seeing that. On the defensive side of the ball, the first place they start with is that I think Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. He deserves all the credit he gets. But if Josh Allen had been quarterbacking that Eagles team, he might have thrown for 6,000 yards because there were guys open left and right. It seemed like um, three out of four passing concepts the Eagles tried had someone wide open, and Hurts left throws on the field left and right. Now, there were some where I can say, okay, maybe there's a passing lane issue there. Maybe the pressure came at the wrong time. But I was kind of surprised at how ineffective, especially in the first half, Jalen Hurts was throwing the ball. And that speaks to where the Bills were coverage-wise, which largely was not good. And the guy that stood out to you was Russell Douglas. Yeah, man. Coming off of a game last week where made some good plays and helped him win the game, this one, not so much. Uh, you want to talk about the A.J. Brown touchdown. I mean, that's, this, is, this takes it back to when you, you first play cornerback. Keep your eyes on your man when you're in man coverage. And unfortunately on that play, he felt as if A.J. Brown was going to block Jordan Poyer. Or seem to at or least. Or seem to at yeah. least. See, that's what he felt, right? Um, or things felt, excuse me, on that RPO. But A.J. Brown's like, kidding, going back up the field. And Russell Douglas lost his, his eye discipline. I think he looked at either Poyer or, I mean, looked at um, Hurts coming or. The tight end. Or I, don't, I don't know his name. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Gave up six. Can't, can't have that. Can't mm -hmm. have that in that game of that magnitude. And then also in the third quarter where the Eagles kind of ran a over concept, the one where Devontae Smith got like 20 yards on it. Rasul Douglas was supposed to fall off his route. He was supposed to, as soon as my guy goes inside, we're, we're falling off of that and it's time to make a play on a crosser. The Eagles actually did it a few times, but unfortunately Rasul Douglas didn't. Did it defensively, you mean? They did it yeah. defensively, mm -hmm. excuse me. And can't have those big, can't have those big explosive plays. Yeah. That just can't happen. Um, it, they had another crosser again where they attacked Rasul Douglas on that same exact concept. I won't give him a fault for that one. Um, just that was the overtime one, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think he was in man coverage in that one, so I'm not going to give him too much fault for that one. But regardless, in clutch situations, I didn't feel as if he answered the call, especially with a guy who you need to be your cornerback one. I know he isn't, quote unquote. Right. But you want he, that he guy. He is now. He is now. Right. Like right. I need you to answer the bell. Right. Um, Linebacker-wise, I thought Terrell Dotson had his worst game in a few weeks. You know, he's been much better the last three weeks. This game, you know, he was active. You know, you could tell he was trying to get involved. But, you know, one of the themes of this going in, and I think it played out that way, is that the Eagles' offensive line is really, really good. And, and boy, when it was a linebacker or a poyer or someone not on the defensive line against them, it was a one-sided battle. I mean, there, were, there, were, there was a play, and I don't know if you've seen it. I'm sure you did notice it, though. It was one of the long runs where Terrell Bernard is trying to get in and fill his gap, and either the center or the right guard just absolutely rocketed him out of the hole. And, and I've never seen one of the Bills, because, you know, the Bills, when it comes to playing the run defensively, it's about gap integrity. It's, it's a one-gap defense. So each defender has a gap. So at the very least, you might get blocked, but at least you're there to kind of like cause a, an obstacle, right? Bernard got almost thrown to the sideline. And it was one of the reasons why the play was explosive because there was nothing there to slow the play down at all. And that was the theme of this game, that 
the linebackers. I mean, Terrell Bernard, we've talked about it. Since Matt Milano got hurt, he's been, you know, okay. In this game, he was below okay. He was, you know, nowhere to be found for the most part. Dotson at least was active, made a few plays. Bernard was not. Um, in addition, defensive line-wise, you know, Carl, I, I think Leonard Floyd had a nice game, but this was a game where you needed Ed Oliver to step up big time, and I think this was easily his worst game of the year. Yeah, man, like, especially on the other side of the ball where you see the Eagles defensive linemen, their, their guys making plays at times. I mean, I, the Jordan Davis play where he somehow forces Josh Allen to only have a four-yard scramble as opposed to a 20 I think he blew both hamstrings on that play. No, he right? definitely did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he definitely like, did. Muscles were, were screaming on that play. Body is like, what are you doing, big right, boy? Right, what right. are you doing? But, like, plays like that, just, I'm not asking dominate the entire game, right? But when a situation calls, can you answer the bell? And that's not, he, Ed Oliver didn't do it. Obviously, Devon Miller's situation, he's. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. So, I mean, none of the guys really, when a situation matters, you know, fourth quarter, overtime. None of them made a play. We talked about they don't have there, there aren't enough dudes in that defense right now who can who can finish off games. But it, to me, it was more than that. It, it was it was top to bottom. You talked about it that, that um, or you, I think before we started this that uh, the Eagles really didn't run the ball much in the first half, and then when they started to in the second half, they're like, oh, we can do this, you know. So and and part of that was because there were too many plays when Ed Oliver was getting single blocked and whoever was with him, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, was getting single blocked. You know, the other thing that really stood out, and, and you talked about this a lot is how much different the Eagles were offense to defense going RPO game in the second half. Yeah, first half it was a lot of dropback stuff. I wrote it down. They had 10 dropbacks in the first half, three in the second half, which basically screams to, you know what, let's try, stop trying to pass the ball like we're the Bengals or Chiefs, and let's just run the ball at their, at their face. And the Bills came in with a game plan of saying, you know what, we're going to have six-man boxes, and we're going to dare you guys to run. And they dared them in the first half. The Eagles were like, you know what, Let's do it in the second half, and, and, <laughs> right. and let's see what works. And obviously, they didn't run the ball every play, but off that were the RPOs, were the play actions, were having those backers coming up a little bit, having those safety second-guessing a little bit. On a Devonta Smith touchdown, another RPO, having guys reacting and, and moving in different assignments. And once the Eagles did that, the Bills never had an adjustment for the adjustment. Good adjustment going early on saying, you know, we dare you guys to run it, which is kind of bold to do against the Eagles. But regardless, it worked. They didn't have an adjustment for the adjustment. Late in the game, um, the Jalen Hurts touchdown, which was talking about the Eagles said, a few players said later they, they knew that look would work. You know, stuff like that, uh, there's nothing that the Bills did wrong there. That was just the Eagles out-scheming them. And to your point, you know, the, the Eagles this year have been a team, they've trailed the half a lot. But what they do is they dominate the second half. They usually win the third quarter, did not in this game. They did score a touchdown immediately in the fourth quarter, so it was almost a, a third quarter win. But I think at the end of the day, and, and people have talked about there's been a groundswell of let's get rid of Sean McDermott, which I know you and I are not there yet, but, but this game was an example of the coach on the other side when the Eagles had the ball doing a much better job of adjusting in the second half and, and taking advantage of what the Bills couldn't do. I think you can't totally put that on McDermott because they're missing players. You know, I, I told you as we walked out here, how much fun would it have been to see Matt Milano chasing Jalen Hurts around instead of Terrell Dotson and Terrell Bernard? That changes a lot of the things that you can and would do defensively. So, there, there's, there's a lot of context needs to go in this, but at the end of the day, when the Eagles had the ball, they were able to figure things out in the second half and the Bills didn't have an answer. Yeah, I, I do think that Sean McDermott failed scheme-wise. I, mean, I do think that on that, that game-tying drive to send it into overtime, they, were, they threw five straight passes into the boundary. Do something zone-related to not allow that to happen. So mm -hmm. I thought that was a failure. You can talk what you want about the third and four in, the, uh, in overtime where they converted that. But the Bills players had situations and opportunities to make plays, and they didn't. I mean, the Micah Hyde one, 
Sean McDermott can't go out there and make you break up that pass. Mm -hmm. You have to go out there and do that. The, the third and long to yeah, the Yeah, that came a touchdown. Yeah. So, like, there were opportunities for the Bills players on the field that has nothing to do with the coach on the mm -hmm. field or up in the box. You got to go out there and do it. And for a guy like Micah Hyde, who is supposed to be one of your all-pros and one of your better players, if he can't get it done, well, then I know the other guys don't stand a chance in that situation. Yeah, and I tried to talk to the players after the game, you know, about do you need to learn how to succeed in that situation? Do you need to figure it out if you haven't done it before? And to be fair, the Bills did do it against the, the Giants by the skin of their teeth, but they did do it. But since then, there does not seem to be that person they can lean on to make a play. You know, how many times have we talked about in these game-winning drives that the pass rush is non-existent? And this was another one. They were really good in the first half. Leonard Floyd was all over the place in the first half. But in the second half, they just never able to put an iota of pressure on Jalen Hurts. And even when they got close, he just run it for 15 yards. So there, there was no answer for the Bills there. Uh, real quick, Von Miller. Um, look, I do think he continues to improve. But it is like he was 5% of himself week one, then it was 7, then it was 9, then it was 12. And like this week, he's up to like 17. You know, like it's just not happening, you know, certainly fast enough for the Bills to win this game in the last few they have lost. Again, I, I did see a couple times where we got a pressure. I did see a couple of times where we had a good push. But I'm, I'm really surprised at this point, considering how long it's taking him, that the Bills had him on the field as early as, it, as they did. I, I think that's the point. Like, am I surprised that he's not where he, he expects to be yet? No, I'm not really. I mean, he's 35, coming off an ACL injury. I figured. Barely it, one year, by the way. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not surprised in that. But what I am surprised, like you said, that they're giving him this much leeway and runway in a game of that magnitude. Like, at this point, on, on pure pass rushing situations, AJ Epinesa and all these other guys. Anybody. Anyone. I mean, even Kingsley Jonathan, who's fresh or whatever, like, yeah. can provide something better on a five to ten snap basis or whatever. So that's the concerning part for me is, like, y'all see he's not doing a lot, and y'all still giving him this mm -hmm. opportunity. Like, uh-oh. I, I will say that, that the other guys haven't been so effective to where I'd say that if you had one of them in, they would have won one of these games. But, yes, you know, if you're asking me to pick who I want on the field, in a third and seven game closing situation, it's not the closer because Von Miller just hasn't been that yet this year. Anything else defensively? Nah, they just got to figure this thing out quick because you got Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Herbert, Tua. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> no better way to end this. All right. Remember, you can watch and listen to Let's Talk Ball every single week, RochesterFirst.com, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll be talking to you in two weeks now. We're going to get a week off for the bye, same as the Bills. And we will discuss Bills and Chiefs in two weeks right here where you're watching and listening to this right now. For Carl Jones, I'm Thad Brown. Thanks for watching and listening to Let's Talk Ball. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.